0: Wraparound with Grace, Alessia, and Marjorie. Hey,
1: everybody, welcome back to this week's episode of The Wraparound. If you guys don't know who we are, we're just going to introduce ourselves once again. I'm Marjorie. I'm Alessia. And I'm Grace. We have lots to talk about this week, so let's just get right into it, I guess. So, we're going to start off with the NHL draft lottery. That was lots of big news after all the games that we were watching this past week. you know, everybody was watching to see who would get it. And now we have our answer and it's the New York Rangers. So how are we feeling about the New York Rangers getting this, this pick? I mean, are they the most deserving out of all the teams that were put in the draw?
2: Okay. So here, the Rangers don't deserve it. No, they don't. Overnier had 112 points in 52 games in his last season in the queue. So he is a outstanding hockey player. Mm-hmm. But out of all the teams in the play-in round, they are the ones who could benefit from a first pick kind of the most, I think. Um, For them, for that, I think it's like Florida, New York Rangers, and Minnesota Mm -hmm. were the ones I think who could benefit from the first. For New York, I think it's fine. It's not who I would have wanted to get the first pick, but it works.
0: Out of all those teams, I was going to say the Rangers, the Panthers in Minnesota were the most deserving. Mm-hmm. But if you look at all the teams that were put into the first, like the phase one draw, I would have to say plain and simple, no, the New York Rangers did not deserve Lafreniere. Who could have deserved Lafreniere? The Red Wings were awful with 17 wins this season. But out of all those teams, I mean, Lafreniere could definitely work. And I mean, every Every team in the NHL would say they would love to have a guy like Lafreniere on their team. It adds to their talent, like with Panarin, Zibanejad, and Kako. And who knows, this might make up for a potential Henrik Lundqvist exit or departure from the Rangers.
1: Yeah, and speaking of like Zibanejad, um, you know, Kako, who was drafted second overall by the Rangers last year, um, like... Yeah, there's other teams who definitely could have benefited uh, by getting Lafreniere, but since the Rangers did get the pick, I feel like it is a pretty good uh, matchup for him. You know, they have two really great young right-wingers right, winner, right ringers in Buchnevich and Kapokako. They both have a decent amount of points. You know, it's two people that Lafreniere could be paired up with, and I think that would be a good pairing because they're both all really young. And then they also have really great experienced left wingers like Chris Kreider and Artemi Panarin, who likes just scored like an un- unbelievable amount of goals every year. Um, and so I think they'd also be awesome people to help Lefrenier and mentor him and help him in his rookie season. So I don't know. I feel like it's definitely a good... I guess, team for him to kind of fit in and, like, grow. I feel like if one of the other big teams, like the Leafs, like the Pens, like the Oilers got him, I feel like that would have just been chaos. They already have such big stars that I feel like maybe Lepinier maybe would have been a little bit overshadowed by them, and he wouldn't have had the um, space to grow like he might have at the Rangers or he could have had at uh, Florida
2: or Minnesota. That's the other thing, though, is that I I don't see him really fitting in to, like, Florida's roster. Just his style of play um, and just kind of, like, the way he plays and everything. I don't really see him fitting in with the Panthers. Mm-hmm. So, out of the three, Florida, New York, or Minnesota, I do think that New York was the best place for him to go.
0: Yeah. Also, like, out of those three, the Rangers, like, New York is probably one of the bigger hockey markets, which I think Lefrenier or you know, a guy with his type of style of play would definitely, you know, succeed in that type of market. So I know I said, I hinted at that the Red Wings should have gotten the pick. Uh, Which team do you guys think should have gotten the pick first overall?
2: Oh, 100% the Red Wings. (laughs) They had 39 points this season and they're picking fourth. Like they aren't even in the top three and the top three picks are the most important picks in the NHL draft.
1: I mean, if it, if, like speaking of teams that were included because of the play-in round, I would say Minnesota. But if it were just a regular draft, of course the Wings. You know, usually the first pick is supposed to go to the worst player in uh, the worst team in the league, and um, clearly that's not the case here. But if it were to go to another team in the that had been in the draw from the play-in series, I would have said Minnesota just because they also have really experienced left wingers like in uh, Ryan Donato and Zach Parisi, who's also another great um, like goal scorer and like gets a lot of assists in. And then there's Matt Zuccarello who would have also been a great mentor to also in those line pairings. So, I mean, New York got it. I mean, there's nothing,
0: (laughs) there's There's nothing we can do about it
1: now. (laughs) But I mean, it's not an awful place for the projected number one pick to go. I mean, like you said, it is a great market. I feel like if he went to Detroit it would have been it would have, everything would have been put, been put on his back and people would have expected a lot more from him. I'm sure people still do expect a lot from him, but I feel like it would have just been a lot more pressure if he had gone to a team as bad as Detroit. So Lexi LeFrenier like Grace was saying at the beginning is a just I don't know, an insane insane player when I was calculating how many uh, points he had with Ramuski, he had a total of 332 points over three seasons and that's including the playoffs which I think it's um ridiculous since uh we're a little bit upset or like I guess kind of put off by this new system of determining the number one pick do we think that they should adopt a similar way of predicting the number one like the first couple of picks like a the similar way it's stupid and I hate it
0: Yeah, I was going to say, so you're saying that in a regular season, so let's just say next season, all those who don't go past the first round of the playoffs would be put into the draft. Yes. Uh, Absolutely not.
1: (laughs) I'm just like trying to play devil's advocate here and see what your guys' opinion is on, because obviously we don't like this. See, it
0: makes sense this year because technically the qualifying round is not considered the first round of the playoffs. So I kind of get – where the NHL was going like with that but in saying that I don't believe so let's just say okay so this this season right now the teams who even did not make it on past the qualifying round shouldn't have had that big of an odd like you know those odds to jump to the first overall pick you know what I'm saying Mm -hmm. because I saw like the the percentages of what it would take for one of these teams who didn't make it past the qualifying round to jump to the first overall. And I believe those odds shouldn't have been as big as they were. Yeah,
2: yeah. Cause it was like, it was what, a 12.5% chance for, for each them team. to get the first pick.
0: Yeah, it was it was all like equal.
2: Yeah, which is uh, pretty high
1: when you think about it. It's not a small, like it's a small number, but it's not a small odd. And uh, for teams like, like I said, the Pens, the Oilers, the Leafs, teams that have like star players, that's a really high odd for them to get another star player in the making.
0: Yeah, because like we all saw that replay of Toronto's ping pong ball almost making. It. Imagine if that would have happened. Because we already know the Leafs in like the cap hell that they're in right now. Yeah. They As would could keep not left. have signed no. Lafreniere. No. As no, no much way. as
1: uh, as much as I like, I'm a huge Leafs fans. Like I just, if they had gotten Lafreniere, I would have just gone insane. It's just not something that they can afford. Not they don't need another forward to begin with. I think I was telling Grace that I would, if they got the number one pick, I would literally just trade that pick, or however many defensemen we could get for that pick. It's just it's not what these teams need.
0: Yeah, I think, okay, this year, whatever, however the draft happened was because of the pandemic and how the season was to unfold and how the NHL decided the way the season was going to unfold. But after this year, if all is good next year, all the teams who didn't make the playoffs should be entered into the lottery for the first overall pick with the best odds given to the teams who are finishing closest to last in the league. That's just how how it should be.
1: Yeah, I completely agree.
2: Because the Detroit Red Wings, they had 39 points this season. And the New York Rangers had 79. Like, that's a 40-point difference. And they're picking first and fourth. So, it doesn't make any sense.
0: I was going to say, so Detroit had 39 points. The Rangers had 37 wins. And I just, when I saw that, I was like, what the heck?
1: That's I mean, it would have been great to actually see the number one pick go to the team who actually really really needs it but like we said it's because of the circumstances there's nothing obviously the league i guess really could have done just because the playoff and like playing games
0: are just so unique and uh, it's just not something we've seen before i mean we all knew whatever was going to happen with the draft people were going to complain that's just how it was going to go
1: There's always something to complain about with every year's draft. Like I don't think anybody's ever happy with who gets the like the first three picks or who gets the picks after that. Like people are always just gonna have something to say. But from who was put in that draw, I'm happy the Rangers got it and not another really team that finished like in the top ten. Like that would have just been ridiculous. Since we've established our view on the draft, let's move into the eliminated, uh, eliminated teams, because obviously, like we said, for the ability time, they were the ones who were included in the draw for the number one pick. So who are we disappointed to see go?
2: I was honestly sad to see the Nashville Predators go, because I think they have a lot of talent on that team, and their goaltender, Saros, is really good. So it would have been nice to see him face some playoff action this year. Um, but again, there's always next year, but it was just kind of disappointing to see that that was the team that went.
0: Um, for me, I would have to say the Jets. They mm-hmm. were a really good team, but I'm, I kind of feel sad to see them go mainly because of the injuries to Shifley and mm-hmm. Um, You know, they, they still continue to battle hard in the games and you can tell, you know, they were trying their best, but you could also see at the same time they were missing key players. But for me, what hit hit the most was that Hellebuck was named as a finalist for the Vesna, and a lot of people were you know hoping to see what this guy could do in a playoff you know like in a playoff setting they were looking for a huge performance out of him and that's kind of what got me the injuries and Hellebuck as well.
1: Yeah I completely agree with uh, Alessia I really would have wanted to see the Jets go a little bit further into the playoffs and uh, see what they could have you know done especially if they had made it into the playoff uh, round They could have ga- gotten Shifley back and uh, eventually line a. Um So it sucks because I feel like they definitely could have gotten far if they had their key players. You can't really expect them to, you know, whip up a lot of magic if they're missing a lot of people that produce a lot of points for them. Hopefully they can, you know, come back next season and, you know, make it into the playoffs again because last year they were unbelievable. And it'd be great to see what they can do again, especially with the great players that they have and the young players that they have that are growing within the system. I know these are off, like, based off performances, but is there any team that we, like, miss to see go because they're just known to be in the playoffs or we just, like, expect them
2: to win the cup? Marjorie, don't make me talk about the Leafs.
0: (laughs) Don't make (laughs) me do it.
2: I
1: want to talk about the Leafs
2: just because it's the perfect no.
1: <laughs> into our next segment. But I feel like a lot of people expect a lot out of the Leafs. It's something... As they should. Because there's so many star players on that team who, you know, they pay like the big bucks for. And they don't produce what they should be producing. And so it is completely frustrating to the fans and to the players because they're
2: just known to flop. I tweeted this when they lost. I literally cannot care anymore. Like as a fan, I don't have it in me to care. And even Austin Matthews said today during his exit interviews that it's embarrassing not to make it past the first round for what, the fourth year in a row? Yes. And this wasn't even the first round.
1: Like, this
2: wasn't the playoffs.
1: I told – I think I said the word embarrassing to Grace throughout that series. Like, I don't even know how many times. When they had lost that 3-0 lead, I was like, it's just embarrassing. It's embarrassing. How can they – how can you lose with so many players that produce points in the regular season but can't produce anything in the playoff or, like, qualifying rounds? It just – it blows my mind that they can't get anything done.
2: And then in true Leafs fashion, they push it to a game five in the last, what, two minutes of a 3 nothing game. And then they lose. There was no other way for that game to go. They weren't going to win it. We all knew that. It was was trash.
1: Alessia, as an outsider, because you are the Habs fan here, (laughs) 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 how did you see that situation?
0: I mean, I, okay, before the series even started, I knew it would be close. I knew what Columbus had. But I told everybody, like even the family members that I saw over this pandemic who I've been talking to because most people in my family are Leafs fans, I said it's going to come down to coaching and it's going to come down to the, what the players are going to bring and how hard they're going to battle. Look, the Leafs battled hard. They came back that one night from 3-0. But you can say that Tortorella, he kept playing that trap style with his team and the Leafs just didn't know how to handle it. Honestly, with the talent that the Leafs had, I was hoping they were going to make it on. They're in a time with the talent they have with Tavares, Matthews, Marner, Nylander. They're in a win now situation. And I was hoping that this year at least they would make it past the qualifying ground because I was interested to see how they would do with another team other than the Boston Bruins in a playoff setting, right? Yeah. So I knew it was going to be close. But I thought that last game was going to be close. Not that they were going to go out 3 nothing. That's just like Marjorie and even, <laughs> even you said, Grace, it's embarrassing for that organization to go out like the way they did in that last game.
1: It's, it's hard. It's hard being a Leafs fan right now. It's hard. It's been hard for the past like 60 years. So there's a lot of things that the team needs to do. And um, in order to ensure a playoff spot, next year but not only ensure it but to actually pass through more than one round what do you think the teams that got eliminated need to do in order to ensure a playoff
2: spot next year um so I think the Oilers need their leadership to step up so we mentioned McDavid's lack of emotion last week (laughs) and maybe that's only in front of the media we don't know we aren't in the dressing room But it's important to have a captain who can get fired up and show emotion and rally the team. And there's no reason the Oilers shouldn't be in the playoffs still.
0: Okay, I agree with – so you're saying Conor McDade in terms of emotion. I agree with that. Like you said, we we can't really see what's going on in the locker room. But when we see with the media, he's like very, you know, lack of emotion. Like we can – we clearly saw that last week when we spoke about it. What I don't understand from fans and the media – is that they're pinning the loss in the Oilers' first round exit or the qualifying round exit on the their performance? So the performance of Connor McDavid, Leon Drysdale, and Ryan Nugent-Hopkins—they combined for 23 points in four games. So the talent and the skill is there. Maybe not the leadership in in the locker room, but they had they played one hell of a hell of a game or games, I would say. But for me, so in my opinion for the Oilers, I think they need more balance and depth on all of their lines because those three guys, they showed up, but maybe those other lines weren't producing like they could have been. That could also go for the Leafs too. They have that one-star line, but the other lines aren't really producing or not matching that level of talent.
1: Yeah, and um, since you mentioned the Leafs, there's obviously, yeah, we need a balance. They need a balance of just – I don't know of, of every line producing that way. They don't always have to rely on that one major line, and I think it's just time to trade one of those top players, specifically Nylander, for a defenseman. You know, I feel like they, I feel like they can lose. They can risk losing Nylander. I don't think they can lose risking. I don't think they can risk losing their captain. Um, <laughs> they can't obviously lose Matthews he's a franchise player and Marner he I feel like Marner is more reliable than Nylander so I feel like it's I'd lose
2: Marner just because of the attitude but that's just me
0: it's so funny it's so funny you guys brought that up because I was actually going to ask you guys that question out of those four Tavares Matthews Nylander and Marner who would you trade away for major help on defense so yeah. Marjorie sang Nylander.
1: I say Nylander. And if we're going to talk about attitude, don't forget that Nylander also like waited like 10,000 years to get a new contract. He didn't yeah. play okay, but like, is until he being... October, but Marner signed it before the season even started.
2: Yeah, but is he being overpaid by $4 million? I don't think so.
1: <laughs> but I feel like either way, he has more chemistry, I think, with Tavares than Nylander has with any of the
2: other ones. So I feel like... And that's fair. And these are very (laughs) hot takes. Because I feel like if we tweeted either of these opinions, we would get (laughs) absolutely murdered on Twitter.
0: (laughs) From how I see it, okay, I would say Tavares and Matthews are sort of like the untouchables. Mm -hmm. And I've heard a lot of reporters saying, so in terms of Marner, he has that, I don't know, a lot of reporters saying that the Toronto Maple Leafs wouldn't want to give him up because he has a big community presence and they also nominated him for the king clancy but at the same time i can see why some people are like leaning on getting like you know trading away marner or a nylander but i'm i have to side with marjorie i think nylander is probably the most i don't know i would say he's probably the most probable to be dealt
2: and that that does make sense for me it does make sense but i find nylander more reliable than marner Because if you look at how Marner played in the play-in round, you had, like, different versions of him every shift. Whereas Nylander, you know – you kind of know what to expect most of the time. Whereas Marner's just kind of, like, up and down.
0: I agree. I agree with that. And I was actually going to say, so the last game, so game five of Columbus, like, versus Columbus, Marner in that entire game only had one shot on goal. Yeah,
1: the only – like, the only – the bone I have to pick with Nylander is that he he's a natural centerman right and so for him to finally get that center placement in that game against Columbus and he did absolutely nothing in that line that line that's the thing he can't play center and so when he he's actually given that position what he's always wanted and what he always you know begs for and he can't produce and he can't lead his line then that's when I like I'm like okay I can't I can't deal with him anymore especially ever since he held out for so long with
2: his contract that just it it bugs me I think that while these are great takes um (laughs) before we go trading the entire Leafs forward lines we should work on these defensemen oh yes that's the truth Justin Hall and Martin Morinson are what my nightmares are made out of. Not even like don't even
1: get me started with Martin Morinson. You too know. There's no player I have so much disdain for a whole <laughs> entire league than for Martin Morinson. I tell you guys every single time I do not know how he is a hockey player. I don't know who told him. It was okay for him <laughs> to be a hockey player. I don't know. And I'm very, very sorry, but he just cannot defend. There's some times where I'm like, oh, okay, nice play. But that's like once every 20 games. Most of the time, I'm like, what are you doing? So for them, I feel like they need to kind of get off the Marincin train because they've been on him for the past, like what, three years? Babcock, Babcock kept him around for so long for like, who knows why. And then they kept him around for this season because he always plays with the Marleys. and then they also have to get rid of Cody Cc. Oh yes, um, was that the pylon, Marjorie? Oh my God. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sometimes I just with their defensemen, I get so heated. I just can't control myself. Cody Cc is just, you know, I had a lot of faith in him when the season started, but during this play on uh, playing series, I was like, yeah, let's uh, time to move on. And there's no one who dislikes him more than Grace. Grace just also like has like something in it for him. I can't stand half the players
2: on the Leafs. <laughs> They're my favorite team and I don't like half of them. It's like Tyson Berry. Tyson Berry should not be a Leaf and that is the hill I will die on.
1: <laughs> you know, it's just time to get rid of every defenseman I think except for Riley. Riley. And Sandine. And maybe Dermot, because sometimes I do like the way he plays. But other than that, they just need to, like, erase everybody and start from scratch. And uh, that's what I'm going to end it off on, because if me and Grace don't <laughs> have someone to say stop, <laughs> we'll just continue talking for, like, the rest of the night. So, after the Leafs, what do we think the Pens need to do in order to ensure a playoff spot? And we know that they are always – guaranteed a playoff spot because you know they have really really amazing players but these really really amazing players are getting a bit older and there are they are inching towards you know an eventual retirement and so the pens can't really rely on them forever so what are your guys's take on that
0: i mean i think the penguins had a good series it was an awful series and no one including myself saw montreal upsetting the pens But obviously, I have to give credit to Montreal. They did a good job. And I said last episode that the only way that Montreal would beat the Penguins was if Carey Price stood on his head and played his absolute best. And if that wasn't the case, the power play in their offense and the players that haven't, you know, been there and done God knows what, like Jonathan Juha, needed to be at their best. And, you know, the kids showed up and they played their game, Suzuki and Kotkaniemi, and they beat the Pens. Um, and like Marjorie said, should this team start adding younger players? And I think any team now in the NHL would benefit with having younger players. I think the Penguins, you know, they'll keep their core. They'll keep Crosby. They'll keep Malkin, Gensel, all those guys, and they'll make changes where, you know, where they need to. So I don't think like they'll go for a full rebuild, but they'll go for a retool in their core, in like their core. And I was also I was thinking yesterday. I'm like could there potentially be a coaching change in Pittsburgh? Mm-hmm. And then this morning, there was a quote from Penguins' Jim Rutherford, and they said, changes need to be made. And then all of a sudden, I check on Twitter, the Penguins, they came out and they said, the Penguins will not renew the contracts of assistant coaches Sergei Gonchar, Jacques Martin, and Mark Recchi. So they did a full clear of their assistant coaches, but Mike Sullivan is probable to return as head coach next year.
2: I kinda I, I feel the same way about the team. Like they can't get rid of Crosby or malkin because they were part of that no. dynasty, right? So they there's no way. They're franchise players. Um and they have a good team. They have strong players. Like they're Shiri and Matt Murray, their goalie, is pretty good too. He has a save percentage of point eight nine nine. So it's not the best, but it's also not terrible. Mm-hmm. And their core players worked when they were a dynasty and they won the cup twice in a row. And it's not like that happened 10 years ago. That was in 2017, 2016, 2017. But in my opinion, it is time for a bit of a refresh. You do need to get some of those younger players up and players that aren't as attached to the team by like name, just how long they've been there. You can afford to kind of get rid of them now.
1: Yeah, especially since um, the game has gotten just so quick. And uh, I'm not saying that these older players are slow and like, they can't, you know, play as well as they did when they were younger, but it is, you know, it's, it's different. You know, of course they're not going to be the exact same player they were when they were 19. They still have a great stamina. They still have a great, you know, in our, are, are in great shape, but younger players do bring a little bit of a to the team and they boost up the rest of the players. Cause you know, you, once you have younger players around you, the older guys are going to be like, I want to keep up. I want to, you know, play as well as the younger guys and show, you know, show the team, show upper management, why you should just keep me along for a couple more seasons. So I agree with you guys. And I yeah, definitely time for just a little bit of a refresh. Don't completely rebuild. That's, I don't think that's in the Penn's nature at the moment but just a little refresh get those older guys um, with some healthy competition
0: yeah I think I mean I think the organization kind of understands look we have a pretty similar core like we did other years when we made it far in the playoffs but the style in which the Penguins play is different now so I think that's probably why they wanted to do sort of a coaching change and we'll see where it goes from there
1: With that, this week we introduced a new little segment to our show. Uh, We decided to include you, our listeners, into what we would be discussing on this week's show. And so, we did a little questionnaire, or a little what, poll I guess you would say, (laughs) on our socials. And we asked, which team surprised you the most during the NHL's playoff qualifying round? The two options were the Philadelphia Flyers and the Chicago
0: Blackhawks.
1: So, Alessia, if you want to reveal our results.
0: So, our results on Instagram were that 39% of the people or our followers said that they were most surprised by the Flyers. And 61% were most surprised about the Hawks making it on past a qualifying round. On Twitter, there was a tie 50-50. And because only two people (laughs) responded to that. So for Um, those of you
1: listening, please follow us on Twitter as well. Just a little in-show promotion. But (laughs) what do you guys think? What's your opinion?
0: Do you agree with those uh, stats? um, For me, the Hawks surprised me the most, or at least more than the Flyers. Because I've always thought the Flyers were a good team, even before the qualifying round and the NHL put in their their play-in plan. Uh, for this summer. Um, I love Carter Hart. He's an absolute beast. I'm just going to say it for 21 years old and the way he comports himself is in net. Like I said, last episode reminds me so much of Price, the way he's so calm in net. But not only Carter Hart on that team, I just love the style at which the Flyers play at. They're gritty, but they also show that skill and their talent. Was I surprised that they finished in first after the round robin? I actually was. That's where the Flyers surprised me, that they actually pulled it off and were were able to finish first overall in the round robin. But it wasn't as surprising as the Hawks taking out Edmonton.
2: Yeah, and Chicago came out flying during that first round too. Like, it wasn't even like they needed – A few games to build up to it like right away they were ready to beat that um Oilers team
1: like uh like Alessia says uh said like I initially was surprised by the Flyers because I really didn't see them finishing first in that round robin play but you know I always have loved Carter Hart and I've always believed he's been such an amazing goaltender and such an amazing starter goaltender even though he's so young he's just he just looks like he has so much experience when he's only been playing for not even that long in the league, right? But I decided to like when I was like looking into things, I was like, hmm, maybe the Blackhawks do surprise me a little bit more because they did finish twenty third overall in the league. They had like they finished one spot before uh, the Canadians, and they just barely passed through this like qualifying round and so that's what surprises me because they had a 32 30 and 8 record you know winning 32 games compared to the Flyers who won 41 that's a big stretch and for the Blackhawks to sweep the Edmonton Oilers I feel like it was pretty pretty interesting especially with Taze stepping up you know he accumulated seven points over four games that's (laughs) that's a lot of points especially for someone who's a little bit older and um You know, we don't hear like as much as we do from older players like we do with Sidney Crosby or Malkin or, you know, other great players. So I think at the end of the day, I think the Blackhawks did, I think, surprise everybody just because they weren't playing that well in the regular season.
0: Yeah, as much as it's kind of like hard to underestimate, you know, Kane and Taves, the Hawks didn't have a great season this year. Like we all saw the way they played. Like Marjorie said, they they finished 23rd in the league. And, but if you look at it, the Hawks are like another team that has those younger players like Doc, Debrinkhead, and Strome. So you see that their core, like Taves and Kane, they're getting much older. And then the team has started to slowly give responsibility to these younger guys, which is, you know, it's really good to see from a team like the Hawks.
1: I feel like those were two great teams to see, like, kind of get through. Teams I don't think we really expected expected to garner a lot of uh, noise and attention but it's uh i mean chicago did lose it yesterday against the knights but it'll be interesting to see how that series plays out and how the captain taze will lead his team and see if they can pull off a win in this series and so speaking of the the knights versus the hawks we're going to talk about the playoff matchups now yesterday's game you know the blue jackets versus the lightning insane insane game Uh, i don't know if you guys were watching it i definitely was not watching it since 3 p.m because i was running errands but then when i got home and i was like how are they still playing i think it was only the second overtime and then i was like i can't i can't see for me
0: i was watching the entire game up until the second overtime and with this pandemic now i usually go for a walk or run at night so i'm like okay i'm gonna go for my walk it's gonna be over so as i'm doing like. As I'm maybe at the last 10 minutes of this walk, I check my phone and I see it's the fifth overtime. I sprinted all the way back home. My mom was on this walk with me. We usually just do laps around our block. I'm like, no, I'm sprinting home. This is I'm you're nobody's gonna see this ever again. No. Like I don't think I'm ever gonna watch a game that's going to its fifth overtime and in, in the playoffs ever again. So I just sprinted back home and I got I got back in just in time to see it.
2: Yeah, it was five hours of hockey, which is insane (laughs) and straight. Like, I don't know how they did it, Um, but my mom's a Boston fan, so we were waiting for the Boston Carolina game, and we're just sitting there, and she's like, oh, when's the Boston game going to start? And I'm like, right now, you're looking at about 11 p.m., and she's like, oh, that's a long time (laughs) from their, what, eight o'clock start, and the tampa bay columbus game didn't end until what 8 eight thirty or something or was it after nine it was it was after nine it was after nine. nine yeah it was definitely crazy i don't know how they did it i don't know how anybody did it
1: i don't know how hockey players can just play and play and play because you can't really tell that they're tired sometimes i'm like watching these games and i'm like they look look so fresh and it isn't until when they have their interviews like post game and they're completely out of breath you know they're like sweating buckets and buckets and you see really how much it takes a toll on them but like Seth Jones with how many minutes did he play close to 60 he played
0: 65 minutes and six seconds
1: like that's incredible like I pass out after like running for like two minutes
0: it's crazy I I can't
2: walk for two minutes (laughs) let alone run so
0: (laughs) I was gonna say it's so crazy because when he was doing his post-game interview and they asked him like hey Seth like how are you doing like how are you feeling I was like oh I feel fine I'm like you feel fine after all of that and then you see Brayden I think it was Brayden Point yeah he had his Mm post-game interview I thought the guy was gonna pass out
2: (laughs) I'm like don't make him stand up any longer let him sit down my god (laughs)
1: and not only did seth jones have an incredible night even though the blue jackets lost corpus again coming like coming through with an amazing amazing performance what was it 85 saves on 88 shots
2: yeah he yeah. broke uh, kelly rudy's record right like, yes like just
1: that's crazy like he's been so unbelievable this whole you know nhl restart um like I said, the last episode, like when he was when Torts put him in net against the Leafs, I was like, Ugh, "This is gonna be easy," you know. He doesn't really, he doesn't have any playoff experience, and now I'm like, I like eat my words. I'm like, I, I'm never gonna doubt anybody ever again, because it literally looks like he's been playing for months and months on end without any break. Like he's just an incredible goalie.
0: Yeah, he was. I mean, he played outstanding in Game 1, but not even just this series. Last series against the Leafs, he was, like, the key part of why the Leafs, like, weren't able to get, like, past Columbus. Yeah, he had
1: two shutouts in that series. And so, and it's having two shutouts against a team who is so, like, like offense-heavy is just proves to you how great of a goalie he is. And so, aside from that Columbus uh, and Tampa game, which teams do we see coming out of the west and coming out of the east
2: so coming out of the west um my biased inner bandwagon golden knights fan sees the golden knights winning the stanley cup um (laughs) no (laughs) but i do think the golden knights and the blackhawks are going to be a really interesting matchup i was watching the game last night and it was fast-paced um they were a good match for each other and it it was just really entertaining hockey um the arizona coyotes and the colorado avalanche I want to say the Coyotes are going to beat the Avalanche. I just have this gut feeling about it, and I don't know what it is, <laughs> but I think that that's going to be an interesting series to watch. I feel like they are going to go to a Game Seven.
1: Is it because it's like under, underdog season, and we're just rooting for like all the other teams who usually think would so. not be winning? Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> I guess I would say I would agree with Grace. I like the way the Golden Knights are playing so far and they also have you know the goaltending talent on that team grace you obviously know with flurry ed leonard it's insane and then the arizona and avalanche series i don't know i'm gonna give the edge to the avalanche but not only i think the team i love the most out of the west right now are are the flames i don't know it's just the style that they play at and i feel like i just i don't know i just really like kachuk in the way he plays i feel like he's going to be a key player in how far this Flames team goes in these playoffs.
1: Yeah, I have to completely agree with Alessia. Like the one team that I want to see come out the most out of this uh, playoff round is the Flames. Just because they have such a great way of playing, they produce like they produce so much. They have like all around players on every line. You know, Dube scored what, two goals the other day and he's just a great really young player and Kachuk is another player who adds a lot of grit and strength to that team um so I feel like that'll be really exciting to see what happens in that Dallas series um
2: out of the east I don't know I really want the Canes okay wait can we talk about how skipped over the Vancouver Canucks and St. Louis Blues series is because literally nobody's (laughs) talking about it like we just skipped it right now and I haven't (laughs) seen anybody talk about it
1: I was like, I was gonna mention it, but I was like, I don't even know. I mean, I feel like the Blues are just favored just because obviously they're the reigning champs,
2: yeah, the but Canucks, for defending Stanley Cup champions, they have like there isn't anything special going on like in that entire series. there's really yeah, it's
1: true. Happened. nobody's really talking about this series. It's like the Canucks they have great young players, um, but like honestly, other than that, like I don't know what to say about each team I feel like that series is just kind of like
2: it's just kind of happening it's there yeah, it's and every, not- I feel like everybody feels the same way because nobody's like wow did you see the St. Louis Blues game the other day yeah. just kind of like oh well whatever happens happens
1: it's like oh they won great now let's get on to the other games yeah. <laughs> So since we have acknowledged the uh, Canucks
2: and the Blues for <laughs> Sorry, uh, the Canucks sake, fans.
1: yeah, uh, let's see who, we're, who we want coming out of the East. The Canadians and the Flyers, I feel like that's going to be a pretty good series just because the way that Carrie Price has been playing um, and like Alessia always mentions, the Canadians have really, really great young players, but they're going to meet their match with Carter Hart, you know. And also the Flyers have a great offensive defenseman and Shane spare And so, I don't know. I feel like that's going to be kind of back and forth. I don't really think you can really predict who's going to win
0: that one. I mean, it's, it's going to be close. And it's kind of hard for me to watch because before... The qualifying router before we knew the results of the round robin i wanted to see the flyers go far to be quite honest with you guys i just i don't know there's something about that team that i love like their style of play and as much as you know the habs are my team and i love them but i don't know there's something about this flyers team that just tells me that they can really go far this year like i said when the Canadians were still in the matchup with the Penguins, if they want to beat the Penguins, Carey Price needs to be his absolute best. And we saw what he did last series, like the last series that they played with the Penguins. He was amazing. And we also need guys to step up. And last series, like with with the Penguins, Kanyemi and Suzuki stepped up. And not a lot of... A lot of people were expecting them to step up, step up because they're the youngest players. But Claude Julien has put a lot of confidence and given them a lot of responsibility. So like I said before, if they want to beat the Flyers, Price has to play amazing. And players like Gallagher, Tatar, Phil Deneau, and especially Jonathan Drouin need to be on top of their game. Because the Flyers are a really powerful team.
1: Yeah, I feel like that'll just be a really interesting um, series to watch. Um, like I said, I honestly feel like it'll be it'll be exciting to see how these uh, teams fare out against each other. I just feel I I honestly feel like it'll just be a good back and forth, just because the Canadians got through the Pens, and the Pens are a really hard team to get through. And if they can get through the Pens, I really feel like they can play against the Flyers. And then after that, we also have the Canes with the Bruins. They the, The Bruins did win today, but I would really like to see the Hurricanes come out of the series because I really do like that team.
2: So I think the Hurricanes, not only are they great hockey-wise, but also fan-wise. Like, I want to see what that social media team can do (laughs) in the Stanley Cup playoffs.
1: They've just been that, like, they, that social media manager is just hilarious. Whoever they kill it. Whoever runs that account, like, I just want to go up to them and like shake their hand and be like, thank you. Thank you for providing (laughs) us with this content. Um, So yeah, that's my take on that. You know, you can't really underestimate either team. So I feel like that's always, always a good watch. Then we also have the Islanders with the Capitals. I don't know. I'm not really interested by that series. I don't know how you guys feel about that one.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's the Washington Capitals. They're always bound to give you some good hockey. Um, The New York Islanders. Well, I mean, they have a good team, but yeah, like, do I do we
1: do I honestly feel like they have a good enough team to go like to pass by like Ovechkin and T.J. Oshie
2: and Brayden Holtby? I don't know. I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling too good for those New York Islanders. I don't know, Alessia, how do you feel about that one? You seem to be shaking know. your head a little bit.
0: <laughs> no, I agree with you guys. Like Washington, we all know like the powerhouse that Ovechkin is. But I don't know. There's like one side of me that I can see the Islanders surprising some people, but it's going to take a lot. Oh, yeah. Like yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not going to like completely shut down the possibility of the Islanders taking out the capitals because that's just who, like, you know, that's just what I'm thinking but I'm like I understand that I think Washington kind of has the edge in this one, but I can also see the Islanders coming out of this as like a surprise, like an upset. Like I can see them upsetting the Capitals.
1: So yeah, like didn't they sweep the Penguins last year? So I feel like with Alessia, you can definitely we can definitely see them um, upsetting the Capitals, but. I don't know like you said it'll take a lot for them to to do that again sometimes you know luck is on your side and you can just you know do things like that but at the same time they really didn't get uh, that much farther into the playoffs after that so I don't know it's a series that we'll keep an eye on but it's not the series that I'm gonna be like yeah that's the one I want to watch
2: well yeah and like the Islanders swept the Penguins last year sure but then they got swept by the Carolina Hurricanes
1: which is and that's why I love the Hurricanes (laughs) (laughs) Since we're done with all of those matchups, because it's quite a few and we <laughs> took up a lot of time on that, um, let's just quickly go through what players we want to watch during this first round. There's been so many, but which ones do we
0: really, really want to keep a close eye on? I mean, we already mentioned Salo.
2: yeah, and, and what he a- did
0: yeah. against the Leafs and what he's still doing now in the series that they're in. I mean, he's just been outstanding. Like, yeah. In- performance from him and like I said before he was a key part of why they beat the Leafs why Columbus beat the Leafs and if Columbus does go past the first round he's going to be a key part in why they won as well yeah, honestly, I feel like we've said enough about Corpusella. I feel I feel like everybody
1: knows how much we love Corpusella, <laughs> and I feel like everybody knows how much we are obsessed with him now. <laughs> so I don't feel like there's too much to be said, but yes, we are going to be keeping a very close eye on him. Um, speaking again about the Canes, I really, really love Sebastian Ajo just because he's a great uh, young player. He produces a lot and I feel like um, he's been one of the, you know, top guys f- for the Hurricanes.
0: Yeah, I agree. He finished the qualifying round with eight points, which was second in points among all the teams just under Connor McDavid. And he finished second in assists as well. So like Marjorie said, this is a guy you definitely want to keep your eyes on with the Canes because he's a big part of that team as well.
1: Yeah. And then lastly, once again, we're going to mention uh, Jonathan Taves just because, like I said earlier, he produced those seven points uh, over those four games, uh, which I think, is pretty amazing I mean we're not surprised by how much he can produce because he's always been such an amazing player but since the Blackhawks have been such a quiet team over the past couple years and we don't really talk about them as much it's great to see Jonathan Taves producing as much as he is and um, helping the Blackhawks get through you know the next round. Speaking of Taves, he is a little bit older. And that's why, like I said, we are, you know, a little bit surprised just because he's still producing as much as he is. And it's great to see that he is. He is 32 years old. He's always getting up in age. And so since we're speaking about age, there's two players that I thought that are kind of, it's it's sad to see them um, not get through to the next round. And that being Jason Spezza and Patrick Marlowe. They're both uh, free agents now. they only side one-year uh, contracts with uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Pittsburgh Penguins, respectively. And uh, I don't know how you guys feel about seeing those two old-timers go. I
0: mean, I'm not a Leafs fan, but you guys know they need help on defense. Now, Jason Spence's contract, it was 700 k So for us, as hockey fans, we're like, uh, that's not a lot of money. But in terms of where Toronto is in their cap and how tight it is, I don't really see the Maple Leafs kind of Pushing to get Jason Spezza a contract or offering him a contract because if Dubas intends on improving his team at defense and at offense and if he's going out and he's looking for guys other than third line defensemen or possibly, you know, these like fourth, fourth line forwards, he's going to have to, you know, make some cuts. And I believe Spezza will be a cut. He'll either go to another team for a small contract or he'll just retire in Toronto, possibly.
2: That's what I was going to say. Um, so I don't think this is the end of the road for Jason Spezza. Because he adds some grit, some real like grittiness, and some veteran leader leadership to whatever team he's on. So do I think the Leafs will keep him? No, and I kind of hope not. Um, <laughs> just so that they make room for better defensemen and better forwards. Um, but I think a team with a ton of younger guys like Detroit or Chicago teams – that may need a little bit more veteran leadership. They might give Spets a chance because they could benefit from that. But like Alessia said, I don't think it'll be any like blockbuster contract. It'll be again another year at league minimum.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and because of that, um, he probably won't be going to a Cup contending team. And since he's obviously up in his years now, um, I'm pretty sure he's 37 years old. So it, it's going to be hard for him to ever you know have the experience of winning a cup which is what saddens me because with the leafs he probably that was probably his closest chance of ever winning a cup and i'm saying that as a leafs fan <laughs> which is obviously not true but from the teams that he could have gone to since he's older and for his contract it was probably the closest he could have ever gotten to winning a cup so it's sad to see him um, not get through a little bit farther I feel like he definitely deserves a lot better because he did play so well in that series he you know he fought which is crazy to see <laughs> come out of him
2: so and like one of the only Leafs that fought that ever fights throw that out there but, we but um
0: I mean, the reason that I said he could potentially retire is because, you know, Toronto is his hometown. Oh, for sure. That's probably a reason, I mean, one of the main reasons he signed with Toronto, but that's why I see, like, I agree with Grace, it's probably not the end of Spezza. He could definitely get another year somewhere else, but because it's Toronto and it's his hometown, he could potentially retire here, and that would be the end.
1: And then, speaking of another player that could be retiring we actually we you you never really know with um players you know they say they're not going to retire and then all of a sudden they retire or it's the other way around uh
2: Patrick Marlowe I don't see him getting signed because he's been flipped between teams a few times in the past couple years and I I don't see anybody giving him another chance he's 40 years old he's had an awesome career and like everywhere he goes fans teammates coaches love him Adore him, yeah. So he's had a great career, and now might be the time to retire because I I don't think – even if he tries to get signed, I don't think he'll get a chance anywhere else. Yeah. Yeah. It's like
0: the same – it's honestly like the same situation as Spezza, I feel. I mean, a lot of teams, especially the teams that, you know, didn't make it past the qualifying ground – like Pittsburgh, they want to look for changes—not huge changes, but small changes. And if they have to carry on a like a contract that's even 700k, it's not worth it for them because they can use that money and make use of it somewhere else for a better player that can help their team.
1: Yeah, honestly, this season I was even surprised that the Pens had signed him. I was—I definitely did not see that coming after um, his season with the Leafs last year. I was kind of just expecting him to retire um and so the Leafs and the Pens are probably another the the only two teams that probably would have given him the chance to actually win the cup but now that he's obviously 40 years old teams are not really looking for that much of an older player they'll go into the 30s but not someone that's that old it's just a waste of I guess of time and money sadly that's how the league works and so it's another sad person to see you know not get through a little bit farther and you know, not have the opportunity to win the cup. I mean, there's a lot of other games that need to be watched. You know, there's lots of games being played at the moment.
2: Yeah. So while you're, after you listen to this, um, you'll already know the outcome of Arizona, Colorado, Montreal, Philly, Vancouver, St. Louis, who we love, um, Carolina and Boston, (laughs) but tomorrow night. um, So there's Columbus and Tampa Bay, Chicago and Vegas, Carolina and Boston again and Calgary and Dallas.
1: Lots of games to watch. Lots of things that'll happen, I'm sure, in the next coming week that we'll have lots to talk about. There's always so much to say. Keep your sticks on the ice and your Your heels on the dance floor, ladies and gents. See you next week. (laughs)